Hello. Welcome to the Gritas for Squares. This is our podcast where we talk about homesteading and smoke weed. <laughs> this is accurate. This is true. I'm Vince. I'm Amy. Um, and what are we smoking today? We're smoking some Canatique Lemon Cherry Gelato. I really like this one. Yum. Good pick. Thanks. You picked it out. Um, how are you doing? Hasn't been a great week. No, more, more disturbing developments, um, in, in our country. Yeah. I'm sure worldwide, but it's looking more, more and more bleak in America, more and more authoritarian. Um, plenty of people know, you know, what's going on, but we're all kind of powerless to do anything about it. Yeah. When like the federal government is throwing people in unmarked vans who do you, like there's no representative you can write to yeah. really that mm -hmm. could handle that when all of the local you know Oregon government opposes it at every turn you know they say that who knows what the reality is if maybe the mayor and the police chief are actually not so against it you know it's hard to say but anyway it's pretty but disturbing. They're also just people elected officials and they only have so much power and yeah, but by that logic, all of the secret police themselves are all just... All of the That's police true. are just people. But they get to be anonymous. Yeah. They don't have to wear badges. Yeah, but they're still humans who should have, like, moral compasses and stuff. Yeah. It's kind of disappointing that you just can't rely on individual humans to do the right thing. Yeah, that's kind of sad. Nazis were all individual humans mm -hmm. with, like, families and, you know... Anyways, don't have to invoke Godwin's Law here at this moment. So yeah, in addition to all that, I've just had, I don't know, like a lot of a lot of chronic pain problems this week. A lot of just like chronic illness problems. I don't know why. You know, there's always the voice in the back of my head that's like, is it COVID? Is it COVID? It's probably not COVID. It could be. Who the fuck knows? It could be. Uh, but probably I just, you know... It's been very anxiety producing and it's hard to get a good night's sleep and all of these things contribute. Could be stress. Yeah. It's been a stressful week for you. You've been running your company. Yeah, yeah. Boss was out of town and it went all right, but you know, we were just spread that much thinner with a small company. I worked hard all week and you know, finally just tuned out this weekend. It's it's important to to kind of separate yourself from your work which i know is really hard for you to do because you're working at home you live at home you work at home yeah it is hard because it's always there you feel like you should be doing it all the time um i mean i had you know things are good i i've got podcasts besides this some you know scripted podcasts that i'm producing wait you're you're doing other podcasts <laughs> i i thought we agreed to be exclusive Oh, shit. Should we have had this conversation before? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, everybody. Um, no, what are you working on? Uh, well, I don't need to get into that level of That's detail. Okay. Um, I also published my novel really recently, like in the last week or two. Um, and I also got a professional cover designed for it, finally. Which it was, looks so cool. Which was really fun. It's about surviving like a nuclear apocalypse on like in a bunker on a homestead in the mountains. But it was, I wrote it before we ever bought property. We, we I think we were already thinking about it. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's on Amazon now. You can buy it. Nice. What's it called? <laughs> the Planets or How I Kept It Cute at the End of the World. Can I get a print copy? <laughs> Not yet. 
I might do print copies. Right now it's just on Kindle. Um, anyway, so that was exciting. They're good things. It's hard to feel like it matters, you know, in the scheme of, like, just the depth of how messed up everything is and just how... I don't know. It's just, it's hard to feel like my little self-published novel or our podcast or anything really matters in the face of the darkness that's out there. I know it does. I know, Mm -hmm. I know art's important. Yeah. Maybe like the shittier things get, um, you know, the more you have to just accept, okay, nothing matters. That's the only way I can psychologically cope with how horrible (laughs) the world is. Just that none of it really matters. So why not art? (laughs) Yeah. And like art really does matter art really helps i think art has probably saved the world a couple times Hmm. it changed reagan's strategy Hmm. he saw this movie like a straight to tv movie about the consequences of nuclear war and like played out what that would be like and they aired it in russia too this was in the early 80s when things were pretty tense who made it switzerland uh some american you know hollywood guy surprised that the Russians would, like, play an American, you know... And I think that's because of the narrative... I think that's because of American propaganda about Russia that Mm. we think that way, that we really do think of Russia as, like, this this enemy. I mean, they are our enemy. Well, not enemy, just even, like, very state-controlled. And they didn't want to admit their fear, but, like, they're scared as hell of nuclear war. Of course, just everyone like we is. Are. Yeah. Um, but I digress. You should look it up if you're into it. I don't remember what it's called. The Day After, I think. Um, but Reagan saw it and said he got very depressed for about a month afterward. Wow. And it caused him to change America's strategy in the arms race and in the Cold War. Um, so art really, really does make a difference. It saved the world. All right. Keep doing it. It certainly does feel relevant to think about the property, though. <laughs> yeah. It sucks that the worse and darker it gets, the better it feels to have the option of just piecing out. But it does kind of feel good to have that option. Not that we could survive on the property as it is right no, now. No, maybe if we'd started five years ago, we could have had something maybe. livable by but, now and you know. maybe even be living there. But we did but what we could nice. when we could do it. You know, we're still yeah. only in our early mid thirties. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in our twenties, there's no way we could have done that. Are you kidding? No. We wouldn't have had the drive. Well, we just wouldn't have the resources either. We needed that time to save yeah. money. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're sort of enjoying a weekend finally. Um yeah. two weekends ago Vince went up to the property and last weekend we went to the desert for a special project. We sure did. Uh, we were helping our friends work on their schoolie. Ding, ding, ding. Which, if you're not in the lingo, <laughs> means a school bus that you convert as an RV, basically. Schoolie is a portmanteau of school bus, house, and domicile. <laughs> and cool. Little known facts. Yeah, and cool with a K. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a school bus. Uh it's a lot like an RV, I guess, except that, you know, you can get school buses a lot cheaper if you know, you know, if you're handy and you can do a lot of the yeah, infrastructure our friends, so yourself. They, they bought theirs on a government auction website. Yeah, something like that. Um, and then they tore out all the seats and kind of had a blank slate, drove it out to California. Um, and now they have it out in Joshua Tree and they're working on it. They're building it. We... Yeah. 
we yeah. went out there last weekend. Yeah, so last weekend we drove to Joshua Tree, which is like a you know, three-hour drive from where we live in L.A. Um, it's not technically Joshua Tree. That's the national park. I think it's Yucca Valley. Yeah, it's like it goes a by several names. really rural desert Yeah, out community. by Landers. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe like half a mile between houses? No. No, not quite. Quarter? Um, yeah, maybe. Good, like, 10-acre parcels like yeah. ours. Yeah. Sure. Except in the desert, so yeah. without all the, you know, trees for privacy. You see people. Yeah, it's flat and you really see people. Um, but it's a nice spot. It gets really hot. Mm-hmm. Um, it was super hot last weekend, like record-breakingly hot. It yeah. was uh, 128 degrees at Furnace Creek in Death Valley. Ooh, frequently um, the hottest place in the world. Mm-hmm. Like we 120 in Palm Springs as we drove home on yeah. Sunday as we drove through Palm Springs. I think it was only like 110 where we were. Only 110. Yeah. Chilly. Um, but it's so dry um, that, you know, the shade does a lot. You found it tolerable, right? Even working on the bus in the yeah. middle of the day in the sun? I'm also a reptile, but I did find... <laughs> what does that was, mean? Uh, I can take the heat. Okay. You metabolize better in the heat? I guess so. Fast. I work... A little faster and harder <laughs> when it's really, really hot. Um, and I stick my tongue out to cool off. <laughs> um, but, yeah, even in the middle of the day, when it was 110 outside, it was very well insulated in the bus. That was one of the first things they did, and it mm-hmm. was a lot of work. And it, you know, took a good inch off the floor and probably two inches off the ceiling. But it's worth it um, mm. in the heat of the day it was not terrible in there cool have the windows open for some airflow but it doesn't Uh heat up that's awesome yeah yeah it sounds like the approach they've been doing primarily is a siesta based lifestyle because it's so so hot in the middle of the day it makes sense to go inside the house where there's a swamp cooler and just take a nap and then get back up you know in the mid-afternoon and what what's a swamp cooler what is a swamp cooler it's like an evaporative cooler. It works by uh, evaporation, which isn't just like, you don't just start with cold water and then like the cold water evaporates. The process of evaporation takes heat, absorbs heat energy from the air. Um, as opposed to like an air conditioner, mm-hmm. which is just blowing cold air over a compressed and decompressed gas. Um, which takes a lot more energy and also produces heat. Um, evaporative coolers don't produce any hmm. excess heat just from the fan. Um, and they work really well in desert climates right. when it's super dry. They don't really work at all in humid climates. Right. Because uh, they kind of depend on evaporation, but it worked pretty well, right? Yeah, pretty it was in there. surprisingly comfortable in that house. Yeah, I... I mostly watched over the dogs. There was a puppy. There was another yeah. dog. There was a puppy, a six-month-old puppy. Yeah. Um, I think he's Super a cute. half German Shepherd, half husky. husky. Yeah. He's just a wolf. He's gonna be a big wolf. Yeah, someday, but, but he was now. almost Dickens' size, only a little bit bigger than Dickens. Little but... bigger, little lighter. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, a little skinnier because he's yeah. got that puppy frame but anyway it was very cute i spent most of my time inside the house watching the dogs and reading while vince and mike work on worked on the bus yeah let's get back to the bus uh for starters why are we involved um well they are planning to park the bus on our property for about a year for starters 
Um, they're going out of the country. Everything is in flux now because of awesome. coronavirus, yeah. right? So, like, the Maybe plan was the they were going to go out of the country for uh, grad school. Um, but now, who knows? So, we, we can only operate, you know, week to week, day to day as things change. But mm-hmm. as of right now, the plan is for them to move the school bus to our property for about the next year. Um, as soon as they finish enough work on it in Joshua Tree um, to get it in a state to be able to move. Yeah, and it really uh, leapfrogs a few major hurdles for us to to be able to live there. It accomplishes a lot. It, um, yeah, well, it's good for everybody, right? Yeah. Like, they need somewhere to park it. They have a bus and they need somewhere for it to live for a whole year while they're out of the country. So, like, it's really convenient for us to have land and let them park it for free. Right. But at the same time, like, it's going to have running water and a shower and uh, solar panels. And we'll get into more specifics later. But, yeah. like, it's going to have a lot of things that we plan to eventually build and get but don't have yet. So it's a resource for us and our land is a resource for them. It's great. Yeah, we are definitely going to need to embrace the future of of more communal living. Uh, we're very yeah. introverted ourselves, and you know, our we have this abstract dream of like hosting people there. But right. at some point, we're gonna be sharing our space with like twenty people. And I'm okay with it in terms of um you know, temporary retreats, temporary vacations, that sort of thing. It's a little harder for me to square myself with the idea of permanently living with a bunch of people mm-hmm. um, because I'm just so, like, protective of my space mm-hmm. and my quiet time and, you know, all of those sorts of things. But in this case, I really like these people. <laughs> and we have a lot of land and not a lot of resources to develop it, right? In general, I kind of see, yeah, communal living is the only real antidote to capitalism, particularly to the, like, the late stage millionaire, billionaire capitalism that we're in right now, Word. where only a few people really have the resources to do anything to be self-sufficient for themselves. Mm-hmm. So the only way we can beat that is by banding together and pooling our resources, pooling our talents, um, which is good. And it, it, I think it is the future, and I am looking forward to it. But I also hope that my <laughs> my very protective of my space, introverted self can can deal with it emotionally too. I'm gonna have to because it's the way things are. It's the only way this property is gonna work. Yeah. So, you know. Your mom, maybe your brother, our mm-hmm. friends. Like, it's it's going to be the way that it's going to have to be. And it's a lot of land. We'll mm-hmm. be spread out. There'll be... Yeah. Yeah. Plenty of room to grow and to share. Yeah. And to provide each other's needs. We're way too dependent on factory farming and just, you know, mass-produced everything. We're kind of helpless in this. Yeah. It's hard to keep it local when it's just you, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah, you against the world. So we gotta, we gotta put ourselves out there a little more. Yeah. So this bus is definitely part of that. You know, we're all 
gaining something from yeah. pooling our resources together. And it finally clicked for me when I first saw it. It mm. it went from this abstract, it's their boss thing to, oh my God, this is our boss. Mm. This, yeah. is, this is a game changer for the property. It checks a lot of boxes that would have taken us years to fulfill, right? Like, right. Yeah. So do you want to just talk a little bit about like what all is in the bus? For sure. Um, we mentioned it's really well insulated. It's comfortable in there. They're going to have a bed, a couch, and underneath all that stuff, they're going to maximize the storage. So they have a big water tank. Um, they're going to have a potable water system. Where do they go to fill that up? There are lots of places you can go to um, make your shore connection and refill and, you know, dump you know, RV pull-offs, I forget what they're called, mm. pads, RV pads. Yeah, way stations. Yeah. Way yeah. stations. <laughs> Something like that, <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I think the fairgrounds is going to be the closest mm. place for them to go. Um, In Mariposa. Yeah, yeah, or whatever it is, Mormon Bar. Cool. Um, okay, so yeah. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, yeah, I think you can even film up at some gas stations, mechanics, whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, that's used for, that's potable water. It is. And that comes out of a sink. Well, yeah, a couple different uh, things they're putting in. They're putting in a sink. Uh, it's going to have a water heater, so there's going to be a hot water shower as well. Nice. A washing machine. A washing machine? Yeah. I didn't know about that. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a lot of stuff. So wow. they've got a pump, and um, yeah. That's rad. I'm helping them with the plumbing because that's my jam. Yeah, I noticed, of course, that you started with the, yeah, <laughs> the plumbing. Right. Is there a gray water system? necessarily RVers are gray waterers um, because if you're taking a shower, I think it's, yes, they're going to put another tank underneath the bus um, to catch the water from the shower. And I presume the washing machine. Got it. Yeah. Well. Cause I was wondering where, where it would discharge. Right. I mean, I think in a lot of cases you just have a pipe going down through the floor, uh-huh. depending on where you're parked. I right. think. Um, but no, RVs have holding tanks and then you go to the same station and dump it out. But they kind of assume that that's, you know, sewage as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no practical use for it. But I think there will be a very practical use for that water on the property. Yeah, definitely. Generating gray water. Water's water. Yeah, for sure. So, as long as it's not black water, as long as it's not right. sewage. <laughs> yeah. And so that's going to be, there's going to be no water involved with that as I understand it. It's just like a larger version of the composting toilet with like sawdust and a composting okay. medium That's what of their, some sort. the bus toilet will Pretty be, sure. a compost system. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool. So it'll be nice to have another like enclosed bathroom. That would mm-hmm. be cool. They have, uh, you know, fully enclosed sleeping quarters. There's going to be an air conditioner, which I don't think can run on the onboard power, but. They're also setting it up so that you can be plugged in to, like, plugged into the grid mm-hmm. um, and have, like, city water and city power running through it. But they mm. also have a 3,000-watt-hour battery bank. A Yeti? Um, is it a Yeti? I think so. Cool. Yeah. It's a good brand, which is the one I was looking into anyway. Right. Yeah. It's the one I would have gotten. It's the only reason I know. Yeah, yeah. So, and a few smaller solar panels because we're really not about, you know, we don't need a lot of generation. We just uh-huh. need storage. Right. Um, for the amount of time we'll be up there. Right. I mean, who knows? Um, but, but for starters, for sure. But yeah, yeah, great starter kit for... So how many solar panels? I'm sorry, I didn't... Three. Uh, one is, you know, pretty serious business and then two are kind of not as serious. But, <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, you know, with the idea that one of them can be set up in full sun when you're there and you need the extra juice mm-hmm. and the rest of the time, you know, you leave the other two up in partial shade. They don't need as much sun. 
um, and they trickle charge your battery when you're not there. Cool. And then kind of leave those up. Cool. Um, yeah, it is all very cool. We have just been working on the plumbing so far. Right. That was the main reason that Vince came to Joshua Tree to help. Yeah. Because, you know, of his plumbing experience. Uh, my friend is a electrician. Mm-hmm. Um, he mostly is a theater lighting designer, but in the process of doing that, he also has become, I believe, a master electrician. Yeah. Um, so he didn't need very much help with the electrical systems mm-hmm. on board, since but, that's his specialty, but plumbing is Vince's right. specialty. And he so. does want to do them in the correct order and, like, do the wiring after the plumbing, which is very smart. So it's it's his time to shine as soon as we can get all this done. I'm going to go out again next weekend with a few more parts. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Yeah, so they have a lot of amenities. Way more amenities than we're going to have on the property for probably for a long time. Power, water. Yeah. Yeah. It's... I mean, I could see buying a solar panel and a battery before terribly long, but Where I don't know we when we'll have a shower or a yeah. washing machine. Right. So, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, it's it's a lot of security, too. It's good to know that when shit gets weirder, yeah. it's still just getting weirder. Yeah. There's no end to it. Yeah, theoretically, the bus will be there during the election, which is good. Good to know. To know, just to have that security, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, mostly just to have when we go up to work on the property, now we have all of these resources at our disposal as well. So what all exactly did you work on? What projects did you spearhead when you were there last, when we were there last weekend? Well, we cut some holes in the bus Uh and installed a shore connection and uh, cut a hole for the water heater exhaust. They got a, they're going to have a gas powered water heater, I think, like propane or something like that. Um, it's always a little nerve wracking to cut into the side of a vehicle uh-huh. with an angle grinder, uh-huh. uh, but we were pretty sure there was nothing <laughs> behind there because he, he was doing most of the wiring uh-huh. like up above. So and this was just like the long panel body of the bus. There right. are a few ribs between the windows, but beneath the windows, you're pretty safe. Right. So we cut a few big holes there hmm. and then I helped install the diverter valve or kind of like just laid out the whole plumbing setup for him. Um, he wanted to use Propex, uh, which I have no experience with, um, but it's you know one of the proprietary uh, plumbing types for potable water systems. People usually use PEX or copper. I think hmm. RVs, you know, PEX is more it's preferable because of you know the ease of assembly and vibration and things like that. Maybe it's lighter, it's too. It's lighter. It's easier to... Yeah, it's just easier to work with. Yeah. I mean, for when you're driving around, any poundage you add is more fuel you're going to have yeah, to buy. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so he wanted to use Propex, which was a little bit of a learning curve for both of us. Um, but I'm really pleased with the results. And I kind of just gave him a crash course in what I knew about plumbing and kind of thinking two or three moves ahead, Mm -hmm. like chess. So we kind of figured out the whole plumbing run and he was going to place everything and do all the runs and mounting. And uh, next weekend when I go back, we're going to try to do a pressure test, get Mm -hmm. everything hooked up and put water through it, flush it a couple times. Yeah, much better to do that while they have an actual water hookup once we get to the property. We will not have that anymore. Yeah, Yeah. but there's a hose at the house in Joshua Tree, so. Yeah, so I want to try, I guess, putting putting a couple rounds of diluted bleach through it. I'll obviously do some research. 
um, see if they recommend any other chemicals mm -hmm. <laughs> to run through it, like alcohol or whatever. Um, yeah, sterilize it, get it ready for potable use. Cool. Um, what else did we talk about? What else did we do when we were there? Um, well, we also wanted to have some conversations in person um, to be followed by conversations in writing, um, which we haven't gotten to yet, but we'll get there. Um, about, you know, rights, responsibilities, liabilities, etc. Um, you know, I mean, they're putting a really big asset on our property, and there's a lot of you know, the, the property has a lot of value. The, the property is more valuable than anything we've ever owned. And the bus, I bet, is more valuable than anything they've ever owned. Mm -hmm. So it's like a lot of trust that we're placing in each other and also a lot of just assets that we're yeah. placing in each other's hands. That require maintenance. Uh -huh. And especially if they're going to be leaving it there for a year, you know, you got to start an engine every few months. Um Turn it over, make sure it's okay. If we use anything and break it, we got to replace yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, all of these systems are going to be brand new and installed by lay people. Yep. Smart, talented Mainly lay people, us, but, but yeah. you, yeah, that's what I mean. Right. <laughs> You're the lay person. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, there's probably a pretty high likelihood that something is going to go wrong, right? Yeah, right. And so, you know, what our responsibilities are for fixing it, who's going to pay for stuff, if vandals sneak onto our property and steal something or right. destroy something who's liable you know it's all mm -hmm. stuff that we got to talk about and then there's the big w over which we have no control and it was oh wildfires yeah good yeah. to talk about that too that just mm -hmm. you know we're all friends and this is why we talk about it because we want to stay that way right exactly we want to make sure that there are no surprises but you know then you got to be realistic about we'll accept as much responsibility as we can but if there's a wildfire there's not much we can do to right. save your bus if it's our lives or the bus, we're mm -hmm. definitely going to choose our lives. If we have like an hour's notice. <laughs> how, would we, how would we save the bus without saving without our Without saving lives? our lives? <laughs> Maybe like winging a prayer, we could drive it and bail out and like try to just fight the fire. put it in drive yeah, and just yeah. like. <laughs> Let it kind of find its own way or sacrifice one of our lives like. Maybe let right. Dickens drive the bus or something. <laughs> but no, it's a it's a tough like split second decision you have to make. Like how far away is that fire? Can I can I get the bus turned over? Can I warm it up? Can I get it ready to or do we just need to get right. in our car and save our lives? Right. And it's we won't know until we're there, but that's sort of the most catastrophic thing I can imagine where, you know, we won't we won't be able to help them at all. Right. <laughs> we'll have lost everything. I'm more concerned, I think, about, like, theft or vandalism. Yeah. Not really, because it's very remote. And we'll mm -hmm. be installing a gate. Like, for example, we talked about, like... That's our responsibility. What kind of gate? Who's responsible for that? Mm -hmm. It's us. It's our property. Um, yeah. But, like, Reasonable what security. level of gate are we comfortable mm -hmm. with? And, you know, that sort of thing. They need to lock it decently, like, lock their bus. Like, there's a reasonable expectation of, like, the bus should be secured of its own. Right. But I think a gate is pretty uh, reasonable yeah. Yeah, uh, accommodation on our part. Something that we're going to want mm -hmm. soon anyway. And, you know, the neighbors have an RV. Like, people park stuff on yeah. their land. Yeah. And it seems to be reasonably secure. Yeah. No, I'm, um, not, I'm not super worried about it. I just want to make sure that but, we're doing our due diligence. Yeah. There's also the other catastrophic possibility is that somehow we would get reported and we would be forced to remove the bus from our property. Ugh. That would be another very That's bad scenario. And also scariest. one that like we would only have ourselves to blame to an extent. So it's almost worse. 
because it feels so avoidable and yet and like man-made like it's not a real problem like a wildfire is a real problem Mm -hmm. a permit issue is like not that's just a pretend problem that's a made-up problem but it won't be a made-up problem if somebody comes and forces us to take shit down from our property or move the bus I think there's some forgiveness when the thing has wheels. It's pretty easy to argue that, like, it's not a permanent thing. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it might be something like, well, yeah, but you can't have this per- non-permanent thing more than 14 days or whatever. Yeah. There's I mean, so much nuance in all of it. But it's also, again, so remote and people don't pull permits for everything. I think what we'll we... Not for everything. Not for everything. We should probably pull one for, for something. for one thing. And that's what, you know, our friend was really helped us come around to that it's not really an all or nothing um Mm -hmm. you go there for your privacy you don't really want to get to know your neighbors but you should say hello at some point right just so they know that you're there and that you have good intentions Mm -hmm. and all of that similarly you need to obtain a building permit first which is way more generic and kind of just allows you to start kicking the tires on your property um you know you can get away with a lot of if you do then, you know, run afoul of the county or a neighbor, mm-hmm. um, you can kind of say, well, I got a building permit and I just assumed that that, you know, covered me to, to do all this ancillary work, which is what we need to do right. before we pull a permit for a big structure. Yeah. Ugh, permits freak me out. Actually, the only thing that scares me more than wildfires is permits. Oh, darling. Because it's just, it feels, every time I think about it, and it's not based on nothing. We've had several phone calls with the county of Mariposa, and every single person we talk to tells us something different. One person told us such, like, draconian things as, like, if we wanted to have a friend camp on our land, we'd have to pay, like, $10,000 in... To uh, register to as register a campground. As a campground. Not gonna happen. Um, but then there's, you know, another person says like, "Oh, well, you know, it's just what you get. Like, do whatever you want. It's probably fine." Uh huh. And you want to dig a big hole? You know, we run into that a lot with inspector or like county departments because we want to do a lot of unconventional construction. So we at Greywater? No, we us, oh. you and I, on the calls we've made oh, or the yeah. people I've talked to. It's uh, I'm always like, "Well, what if we want to? We don't need a grid tie. We want solar." They're like, "Well, you got to have a grid you tie." You got to have a grid but tie. But then when you get, get into dugouts, like, oh, excavate. Well, you don't really need a permit to dig a hole. Uh, is it going to be ventilated? <laughs> And as long as you ventilate it, yeah, go ahead, build a dugout, don't pull yeah. a permit. But yeah, so much just... conflicting information. I'm sure you need permits. Every time. Well, yeah, I mean, technically, we're not supposed to be camping on our yeah. property right now. On not only should property. we have not built a greenhouse, <laughs> for sure, we shouldn't have done that. But also, we're technically not even allowed to camp because we don't have a permanent structure or even a permit for a permanent structure yet. You're not allowed to camp or park an RV on your own property. But we don't Which, have... We own it. Yeah. What are you talking about? That can't be a thing, now, but it's a thing. you have to get a chicken, but you have to hatch it from an egg. But you have to... <sighs> that egg has to be laid by a chicken that you also own. Right. Um, so, yeah, it, just thinking about calling the county again and asking permit questions seems so scary. And it also feels, like, so high stakes, right? Because it feels like if we do something wrong the entire thing will collapse around us and everything will have to be torn down and everything we've paid for and worked for will just have to be raised to mm-hmm. the ground. And I know that it's not all or nothing like that, but just the whole thing, because in part this is so new for me 
And because I hate dealing with authorities, I would, both of us would much rather just like do whatever we want to do and not get permission from the teacher. Yeah. Um, however, that is not how it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had, I had just centered myself around the idea of not getting permits because Vince convinced me <laughs> that we should just do what we want because, you know, we're so remote that nobody's going to catch us and it's fine. And then talking to our friends you know, them not feeling very comfortable with us not having any kind of permit if it means that their bus could get towed, which is totally legit. Yeah. Now I'm like, oh, shit, we should get permits, shouldn't we? But what? What do we get it for? They're going to say no. They're going to tell us no. Uh-huh. But it ain't like that, babe. No. Like, it's it's the middle ground. It's yeah. the middle path where if you look at the clearing right now as it is, yeah. there's nothing there. And so even in the world where an inspector comes to see it, which I'm not certain they will, if you're just pulling a building permit, um, you know, you show them the clearing. You're like, I want to put a shed over there Mm -hmm. because I want to maybe start, you know, mowing the brush. Uh I want to put a lawnmower in there. Sure. Um, And that's your foot in the door. Yeah, surely we must be allowed to visit for the day and do like yard work on our property. Because how else does it start? They're not asking you to have like your entire plan set and like be ready to pull the permit and act within yeah. a year to build that's a totally unreasonable expectation and this is you know what i our friend helped me realize that it starts with a building permit um yeah or just doing the research to find out you know what's the first thing you should do if you just want to put up a little shed it's like start to store your implements so that you can clear brush and keep the place fire yeah. safe yeah. I just worry that this world is not made for us. You know what I mean? We don't have very much money and we don't want to do anything normal. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard for the man to understand. Yeah. And I, I don't care. The man doesn't have to mm-hmm. understand it. But no, they do because we need to get a permit. But for starters, they don't need okay. to know. For starters, we play it close yeah. to the chest. I guess I just have just... this fear of this like cascading effect, you know? Mm-hmm. I know you keep telling me that that's not well, really how it's it works. Well, it's all about the information you choose to reveal. Right, yeah. I feel like half the time, because we're trying to play our hold our cards so close to our chest, part of the reason that's so stressful is like, when they ask me a question, I'm not sure what to tell them. Exactly. Because I don't know right. if I should lie or not. I don't mm-hmm. know... If I should just lay it out for them and then they can tell me how, like, they want to help me or if they want me to go down, you know, like, and it just depends on who you talk to. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to assess that over the phone. So that's part of why the entire thing is so overwhelming to me. It makes me feel like I'm in, like, Brazil or Mm -hmm. 1984, you know, I just feel like bureaucracy freaks me out. Yeah, and it's not fun to deal with um, if we had to deal with it for every step of the way. You know, it would probably be prohibitive. Like, I just wouldn't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's a lot of sense in just at the bare minimum calling them up and saying, hey, I own this piece of land. I want to keep it nice. I'm going to start clearing brush and I want to have somewhere to put my tools. Mm-hmm. Um, can I get a building permit for like a little shed or something? Right. We also and, need to figure out yeah. what kind of permit we would need to park an RV or a bus. Mm. Of course, yeah. We I would mean, our friends are going to do too. some of that research, I think, since right. that more relevantly affects them. Mm-hmm. But that's also important because I don't think as it is right now, you can just park an RV on your property either. I think you need some kind of, similar to you're not supposed to camp. Right. I don't think you're supposed to park an RV until you have 
a permanent structure or a plans for a permanent structure, something. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly. That's what we have to call. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's it's going to be a lot of time on the phone, a lot of tough questions. I think as long as you and I get really closely on the same page before I call, it'll be okay. Yeah, we will. Yeah. So what have we got coming up? Well, you said next weekend you're going back to Joshua Tree yeah. to finish up the plumbing. Yeah, and then I guess try to do another weekend off in between. Um, yeah, that recovery weekend is clutch. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to just keep running day after day. You got to take a day for yourself every once in a while. Treat um, yourself. But this is really exciting stuff, and I'm happy to keep doing it. Yeah. Um, and then mid-August, hopefully, hopefully bus will go up to Mariposa. Do a little caravan, a little road trip yep. up there. Yeah, they haven't been up there yet. They haven't seen it. Yeah, (laughs) they don't know what they're getting into. I think I would have them come up first, like scope out right without the bus. Everything. Yeah, but you know, hopefully you can make all the turns. (laughs) Yeah, pretty sure it can. I think it'll be okay. There are other RVs up there, Mm -hmm. so. So I think that's that's all the news on the schoolie for now. But we will we'll keep you in the loop. Yeah. Thanks Thanks for for listening. (laughs) One two. Thanks for Thanks listening for in. Checking in. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know we were going. <laughs>